Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into False Economy by Alan Beatty, a thought provoking exploration of the economic trajectories of various nations throughout the world. Published in 2009, False Economy challenges the notion that a country's economic fate is sealed by destiny. Instead, it argues that national economic success or failure hinges on the choices made by its leaders and policymakers. Beattie, who holds a master's degree in economics from Cambridge University and has an extensive background as an economist for the Bank of England before becoming the world trade editor for the Financial Times in 2004, brings a wealth of knowledge and insight to this analysis. False economy is aimed at a broad audience, including anyone with an interest in economics, readers keen on understanding the intricate politics of money, and those fascinated by international business and global trade dynamics. Through Beattie's expert lens, this book illuminates how strategic decisions can propel a nation toward prosperity or lead it into financial ruin. Join us as we unpack the critical choices that differentiate economic powerhouses from financial disasters, revealing that the path to economic success is not as predetermined as it may seem. False Economy, A Surprising Economic History of the World Introduction Discover the secret source of flourishing economies. Have you ever paused to ponder why some nations seem to be on an endless upward trajectory, while others struggle to keep the lights on? What magic formula do successful countries possess? Is it the serendipity of their location? The abundance of their natural endowments? Or perhaps the collective mindset of their populace? Or does the answer lie in the decisions made by those at the helm of the state? Let's consider the curious case of the United States and Argentina, two nations that, at one point, were neck and neck in the economic race, yet today find themselves in starkly different standings. This exploration dives deep into the economic sagas of several key players on the global stage, unveiling the mysteries behind their prosperity or lack thereof. As we journey through the intricacies of global economics, you'll uncover insights about the phenomenon of parasitic cities, the unexpected boom in Peru's asparagus production, and why a wealth of oil might not be the boon it seems for a country's social fabric. Prepare to embark on a riveting exploration into the core elements that define the success stories of the world's leading economies. Part 1. The Crossroads of Destiny how the U.S. and Argentina chose divergent economic paths. Imagine two countries, both blessed with vast, fertile lands and the bright promise of prosperity. The United States and Argentina, each buoyed by visions of independence and economic growth, started their journeys on remarkably similar footing. Yet, over time, their paths forked dramatically leading them to starkly different economic realities. This isn't a tale of fate's whimsy, but a story of choices, pivotal decisions that would shape their destinies. The tale begins in the late 18th and early 19th centuries, 
with both nations shaking off the shackles of colonialism to chart their own courses. The United States, emerging as a sovereign entity in 1789, and Argentina, inspired by the American Revolution, breaking free in 1816, each possessed the raw materials for agrarian might, sprawling expanses of arable land ready to nourish dreams of affluence. However, it was at this juncture that their narratives diverged, guided by differing visions of land development. The United States opted for a democratic distribution, parceling out land to skilled farmers, many of whom had voyaged from Europe with dreams of prosperity. This decision not only harnessed the potential of the American West, but also laid the groundwork for a booming agrarian economy. Argentina, in contrast, chose a path of exclusivity, partitioning its fertile expanses among a handful of wealthy landowners. This concentration of land stifled agricultural dynamism, as the absence of skilled tillers and the allure of opportunity failed to materialize, trapping its vast potential in the hands of the few. As the wheels of the 20th century began to turn, the divergence between the two nations deepened with the advent of industrialization. The United States, seizing the reins of innovation, welcomed the manufacturing boom and the tantalizing prospects of international trade. Conversely, Argentina drew the curtains on the outside world, harboring aspirations of self-sufficiency that led it away from the risks and rewards of globalization and into the arms of governmental monopolies. This inward turn, cemented by policies that shunned foreign investment and strangled the nation's manufacturing sector with prohibitive import bans and export taxes, led Argentina down a path of economic isolation. The culmination of these choices left the nation teetering on the brink, culminating in one of the largest government bankruptcies in history by 2001. Thus, the economic fates of the United States and Argentina were not written in the stars, but forged through critical decisions that propelled one to the forefront of global dominance and nudged the other into the shadows of missed opportunities. Part 2 how cities become the heartbeat of national economies. Urban landscapes often mirror the economic vitality or struggles of a nation, standing as monuments to a country's developmental choices and its urbanization journey. This intricate dance between urban growth and economic health reveals much about a nation's prosperity or its challenges. Consider the impact of governance on urban sprawl. Historically, Empires and kingdoms with shaking stability saw their capitals burgeon into mammoth cities, often at a cost. The Roman Empire's Rome is a prime example, thriving as a commercial and industrial nexus, but simultaneously struggling under the demands of its populace for food, employment, and welfare. The cost of sustaining such an urban giant was high, leading to overtaxation of the hinterlands and a perpetual state of conflict. Fast forward to the present, and cities like Buenos Aires and Mexico City offer a modern reflection of this ancient dilemma. Buenos Aires, absorbing 35% of Argentina's population, epitomizes the failure of rural economic strategies, forcing masses to the city in search of livelihoods. Similarly, 
Mexico City's sprawl underscores the dichotomy between urban affluence and rural scarcity. This issue transcends continents, with Africa's rapid urbanization also crafting cities that, while symbols of progress, often burgeon at the expense of the countryside. Zambia's Lusaka, for instance, symbolizes this urban-rural divide. Its growth, financed by taxing the agricultural sectors, eventually led to the displacement of farmers and the proliferation of slums. Yet not all cities succumb to this fate. The health of a city, and by extension, its contribution to the national economy, often hinges on diversification. Cities like Madrid and Chicago stand as testaments to the strength that comes from not putting all economic eggs in one basket. Their success comes from supporting a myriad of industries, ensuring resilience where others might falter. Detroit's decline serves as a cautionary tale, with its over-reliance on the auto industry leading to profound economic challenges when the industry waned. In essence, the story of a city is deeply entwined with the story of its nation, a narrative of choices, challenges, and opportunities that together weave the fabric of economic destiny. Part 3. Navigating the Global Marketplace The Impact of Agricultural and Trade Decisions Ever marvel at the journey your food has taken to reach your plate? For instance, consider the asparagus from Peru that graces dinner tables across the United States. This international culinary exchange didn't spring up overnight but is the result of deliberate trade choices made back in the 1980s. These choices not only benefit consumers and farmers, but also play a subtle role in global economic stability and the fight against drug production. The vibrant green stalks you enjoy represent a trade formula that injects millions into Peru's agriculture while deterring coca cultivation, but the strategic navigation of trade waters and agricultural decisions stretches beyond just asparagus. Consider Egypt, a country riding the delicate balance of its resources. The choice to import wheat, a decision rooted in the conservation of precious water supplies, illuminates the complexity of managing a nation's economic health. Instead of depleting a sixth of its water reserves to sustain domestic wheat production, Egypt opts to be a major wheat importer, thus securing its water for other uses. This practice of agricultural selectivity isn't confined to Egypt. Many Middle Eastern nations lean into the cultivation of herbs and vegetables, which sip rather than gulp water, allowing them to export these crops while importing more water-intensive staples like grains and meat. It's a dance of economic pragmatism, balancing domestic resources against global market opportunities. However, not every country can step so easily into the rhythm of international trade. African nations, with their potential to contribute significantly to the global coffee market, find themselves hamstrung by geopolitical strife. Conflicts and governance issues bottleneck crucial shipping routes, turning what should be a profitable export into a logistical nightmare. Uganda's coffee, for instance, must endure a perilous 24-hour journey to Kenya's ports, a trek that layers costs upon costs, making profitability an elusive dream for many would-be exporters. These examples underscore a fundamental truth of our interconnected world. The decisions countries make regarding their agriculture and trade routes have far-reaching implications, fostering economies or foiling them. From the deserts of Egypt 
to the mountainous terrains of Peru, each nation's unique choices weave into the complex tapestry of global trade, impacting everything from economic stability to what we find on our supermarket shelves. Part 4. The Double-Edged Sword of Natural Wealth It seems counterintuitive, but striking oil or uncovering a vein of diamonds might not herald the windfall one might hope for. History is littered with examples of nations that stumbled upon such treasures, only to find their fortunes marred by economic instability and societal upheaval rather than enriched. Oil, the black gold that fuels the modern world, is a prime example. Saudi Arabia, awash in petroleum wealth, boasts a per capita income that seems to speak of prosperity. Yet, beneath the surface lies an unsettling reality. With an unemployment rate soaring to 25%, the kingdom grapples with a growing youth demographic. Half of its male citizens are under 22, teetering on the edge of frustration and disillusionment. The wealth, it seems, has not been channeled into sustainable job creation, leaving the nation's social fabric strained. Contrast this with the approach taken by Norway. This Scandinavian country, too, is blessed with oil, but has charted a vastly different course. By funneling excess oil revenues into a national oil stabilization fund, Norway has ensured that its natural wealth translates into long-term economic stability rather than fleeting prosperity. Similarly, Chile has applied this prudent model to its copper wealth, setting an example of how natural resources, if managed wisely, can underpin rather than undermine a nation's economy. The African continent further illustrates the complex relationship between natural riches and economic outcomes. Sierra Leone, despite being among the world's leading diamond producers, saw these very gems fuel an 11-year civil war, with illicit trading exacerbating the conflict. Zambia, eager to capitalize on its copper reserves, ousted foreign investors, only to find itself mired in mismanagement and governmental instability. Botswana, however, emerges as a beacon of hope in this landscape by partnering with De Beers in a long-term revenue-sharing agreement for its diamond resources. Botswana crafted a pathway to economic stability. This strategic decision enabled the establishment of a national fund, ensuring that the diamond trade became a source of prosperity rather than a curse. These varied narratives underscore a critical lesson. Natural wealth in the form of oil, diamonds, or any other resource holds immense potential. However, realizing that potential calls for painstaking stewardship, without it, the very resources that promise abundance can plunge nations into turmoil, making natural wealth a double-edged sword that demands respect and restraint in equal measure. Part 5. The Myth of Religion's Impact on Economic Prosperity the debate over the influence of religion on a nation's economic fortunes is as old as sociology itself, sparked in no small part by Max Weber's seminal 1905 work that posited Protestants as inherently more business-savvy than their Catholic counterparts. But as the wheels of history have turned, the evidence has increasingly suggested that Weber's thesis may not hold water. Indeed, Weber anchored his theory in the observation of Protestant-dominated 19th-century powerhouses like England and the Netherlands. However, time has not been kind to his hypothesis. 
The 20th century witnessed the economic ascension of Catholic strongholds, such as Italy, Spain, and Ireland, challenging the notion that Protestantism held a monopoly on economic acumen. But the debate didn't stop at the Christian world. The late 20th century saw a fascination with the economic miracles of Hong Kong and Taiwan, with some attributing their success to cultural traditions that valued social solidarity, seemingly giving them an edge in the capitalist game. Yet, the Asian financial crisis of the late 1990s laid bare the vulnerabilities of these economies, underscoring that no cultural or religious value system could render a country immune to economic downturns. The lens of religion has also been applied, often unfairly, to Islamic countries, with sweeping generalizations positing an inherent struggle with economic development. Critics pointed to Afghanistan and others, suggesting a religious basis for their economic challenges. However, such views fail to account for the nuanced realities on the ground. Nations like Malaysia and Indonesia, with predominantly Islamic populations, have demonstrated a capacity for wise economic governance, debunking the notion that the hurdles they face are rooted in religion. The crux of the matter lies not in the minarets or steeples dotting a landscape, but in the corridors of power where decisions are made. To attribute a country's economic fate to its religious makeup is not only overly simplistic but misleading. History shows us that the determining factors of economic prosperity transcend religious boundaries, lying instead in the quality of governance and the strategic choices of a nation's leaders. In the complex interplay of global economics, it turns out, the market remains agnostic to matters of faith. Part 6. When Policy Trumps Integrity, the Economics of Leadership Choices It's an age-old assumption that integrity and ethical leadership naturally lead to economic prosperity. But history has proven that the truth is far more complicated. The cases of Indonesia and Tanzania provide a stark contrast, showing that even under the shadow of corruption, a country can thrive with the right policies, while honest leadership can still falter if its economic decisions are misguided. In 1968, Indonesia found itself at a crossroads, its economy in tatters, and its government fragmented. Enter President Suharto, whose rise to power was anything but peaceful, marked by a bloody coup that left thousands dead. Despite this violent beginning and a reign characterized by corruption, Suharto's tenure was paradoxically a time of economic rejuvenation for Indonesia. His implementation of open market policies, encouragement of foreign investment, and poverty reduction efforts brought about a significant economic upturn. Indonesia's once struggling economy was given new life through policies that were, at their core, economically sound. In stark contrast stands Tanzania under the leadership of President Julius Nyerere from 1964 to 1985. Nyerere, a former teacher, was known for his integrity and stood as a beacon of honesty in a continent often plagued by corruption. Yet despite his moral fortitude, Nyerere's economic policies led Tanzania down a path of stagnation. His vision of a self-sustaining, collectivized nation, isolated from global trade and investment, proved disastrous. Efforts to socialize farming led not to prosperity but to extortion, bribery, and ultimately economic collapse, forcing Nyerere to abandon his vision. 
these contrasting scenarios unequivocally show that the economic fate of a nation does not hinge solely on the integrity of its leaders, but heavily on the choices they make and the policies they implement. Indonesia's economic success under corrupt leadership and Tanzania's struggles under an honest one underscore a crucial lesson. In the economy, it's the substance of policies that counts, not just the character of policymakers. Part 7. Turning Economic Tides the tale of national decision-making. In nature, once a species like the giant panda hits an evolutionary dead end, its future is all but sealed. Its path, dictated by the unchangeable forces of nature, leaves little room for manoeuvre. However, when it comes to the realm of global economics, nations are not bound by such rigid fates. Through the power of decision-making, they hold the potential to rewrite their economic destinies, for better or for worse. Consider the curious case of Russia versus China, two giants that embarked on radically different journeys from somewhat similar starting points. Russia, emerging from the shadows of Tsarist autocracy and decades of Soviet rule, eyed the free market with a mix of hope and desperation in the 1990s. With ambitions to pivot sharply towards a market economy, Russia soon found itself stumbling unprepared for the harsh realities and ruthless pace of free market dynamics. The result was an economic default in 1998, a humbling moment that underscored the nation's ill-preparedness for such a jarring transition. The ensuing years saw a reversion, led by Vladimir Putin, towards a semblance of the old, centralized control, particularly over the vital oil and gas sectors. While this move has reintroduced a degree of stability and pride among its citizens, it has come at a notable cost. The erosion of democratic freedoms, including a free press and fair elections. On the other hand, China's narrative unfolds with a different climax. Long wary of foreign investment and the global marketplace, China observed the economic prowess of Hong Kong and the successes of Taiwan and Singapore. The turning point came with Hong Kong's reintegration in 1997, which provided both a model and a catalyst for China. Instead of shying away from the global economic arena, China opted to engage, leveraging the lessons of its neighbors to foster a diverse and open market economy. This strategic openness has laid the groundwork for China's rise as an economic superpower, showcasing the potential of adaptation and strategic planning in altering a nation's economic course. The tales of Russia and China serve as poignant reminders that a country's economic future is not preordained by its past. Through strategic choices and adaptive policies, nations possess the remarkable ability to steer their economic journeys towards revival or decline. In the ever-evolving global economy, the power of choice remains a nation's greatest tool in defining its destiny. Final summary. In the intricate dance of the global economy, nations navigate through calm seas and stormy weather, propelled by the choices they make. The tapestry of the world's economic landscape is woven with stories of triumph and tales of caution, a vivid illustration of globalization's double-edged sword. At the heart of these narratives lies a crucial lesson. The path to prosperity is paved with strategic decisions and openness to change. 
Through the prisms of history and contemporary analysis, it becomes evident that embracing globalization, with its myriad opportunities and challenges, can lead countries toward remarkable economic achievements. This journey requires adaptation, strategic economic policies, and a willingness to engage with the global market. Conversely, nations that turn inward, shutting the doors on global trade and investments, often find themselves grappling with economic stagnation or decline. The essence of economic evolution is the recognition that destiny is not fixed. Much like the captain of a ship navigating through changing winds and tides, nations have the agency to alter their course. The stories of countries that transformed their economic fates by embracing globalization and making informed, strategic choices stand as beacons of hope and testament to the power of adaptability. In a world increasingly defined by interconnectedness and mutual dependencies, the message is clear. For nations aspiring to economic success, the keys are open markets, wise policy making, and an unyielding commitment to adapt and thrive amidst the waves of globalization. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then. Happy reading and happy listening.